I want to check in with our next guest. It is Wednesday, and you know what that means. On Wednesdays, we bring our good friend, the founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network, and also my uh, partner on the podcast, Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. Jack Windsor is with us once again. Jack, good morning, my friend. How are you, sir? Bob, I'm super fantastic. Thanks for choosing me this morning. I appreciate it. You bet. Obviously, uh, Jack, everybody's got views on what happened during the State of the Union last night, but I didn't even give a rip about it. I didn't watch it. Uh, I couldn't make myself watch it. I knew I'd catch the highlights uh, after the fact or in the morning. And the highlight that I found didn't even come from Joe Despite Biden. Despite Democrats' trillions in reckless spending and mountains of debt, we now have the worst border crisis in American history. As a mom, my heart breaks for every parent who has lost a son or daughter to addiction. 100,000 Americans a year are now killed from drug overdoses, largely from fentanyl pouring across our southern border. Yet the Biden administration refuses to secure the border and save American lives. That was the only highlight from the night that I was interested in and uh, and that I found, anyway, in all of my checking, and that was the entire speech of Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the GOP, GOP response. Now, Jack, I knew you were kind of live Facebooking this a little bit. You were kind of commenting on things as they went along, and then you did a grading system at the end of it. You posted on your Facebook page. Why don't you tell us, what were the grades, and what was your yeah. impression of what you heard last night? Yeah, I'll start with grades. Uh, coherence, uh, 4 out of 10, so 40%. Truth, 2 out of 10. Relevance, 2 out of 10. And, uh, you know, since Joe Biden is the great uniter, I wanted to grade him on that. Uh, I gave him 2 out of 10. He said the State of the Union is strong. That's just a patently false statement. So I would say overall he graded out at about a 2.5 out of 10, so at about a 25%. Um, the, you know, the first thing I heard after this, I wish I had you when I was in high school. You're a generous grader. <laughs> hey, well, no. you know, there's something to this. Like, the first thing I heard when I uh, when the speech was over was an ABC analyst, and by the way, I clicked it off soon after this. But she said something along the lines that she hadn't seen this Joe Biden since he was elected president. Now, to me, that's like being at a Christmas dinner where your grandpa stands up to carve the ham, and you know that Grandma's allowed him to sip some bourbon beforehand so he can loosen his jaws a little bit. He doesn't cut off his thumb. He doesn't make anyone too embarrassed, but he still slurs and stumbles, and then finally you get to eat dinner. It was kind of like that, except we didn't get to eat dinner last night. We just got served up some half-truths and false claims. Um, so I would say two out of five is, is maybe a little bit generous, um, but, man – I, I don't even know. I stopped counting. There is, I mean, we can cover these. There, there are about six or seven things that were just blatantly false in the speech. Give, give me your um, top couple. Give me your top two, three whoppers. Yeah. So nobody earning less than $400,000 will pay an extra penny in taxes during my presidency. <laughs> well, according to a report from the Joint Committee on Taxation from last July, taxpayers earning under 200000 are projected to pay an additional $16.6 billion in taxes in 2023 alone due to Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Now, um, the other one that I thought was uh, really intriguing was that he said Congress must restore the right taken away in Roe v. Wade. Well, I think he's alluding to the Dobbs decision, um, but rights weren't taken away. According uh, to the adherence to the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution, they were just bunted down to states. So states have the opportunity now to decide what's right or wrong regarding abortion. So that's a patently false statement. Um, 
Gosh, let me see. I would say uh, make the wealthiest and big corporations pay their fair share. You know, that got a lot of applause. First, the wealthiest pay about 70% of taxes, Bob. And second, uh, in the end, corporations can't pay taxes directly, but they do pay taxes on their profits. Now, unless you live in Ohio and taxes to the state are paid on gross <laughs> receipts instead of profits. Uh, those are some whoppers, along with, uh, by the way, uh, let's uh, what did he say? Ban assault weapons now, once and for all. And that begs the question, does that mean our military and police forces will carry only nine, meter, <laughs> nine millimeters shotguns, uh, you know, 22s? Or are you really just reallocating assault weapons to a small group of people? Well, that's Those well, well, the, you know, the, the, the big part is, of course, he doesn't define what assault weapons are because there is no definition. There is no definition for assault assault rifle. Virtually every, uh, um, or assault weapon, rather. Virtually every weapon is an assault weapon if it's semi-automatic. Semi-automatic means, of course, one round is dispensed for every trigger pull. The only thing that is different than that is a fully automatic weapon. Those would be considered assault weapons. Those are military-grade weapons. But, uh, you know, he, he actually claimed that an assault weapon was used in the uh, uh, in the sh- in the uh, Q shoot, uh, club shooting out in Colorado by uh, a non-binary uh, 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 mass shooter in that in that club. Um, it was a pistol. It was a pistol. So anything that is used to assault somebody can be called an assault weapon. So he's playing semantic games there. Jack, um, to me, um, one of the biggest ones, of course, is 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 what Americans face every day. How's our life? How's our quality of life? Um, moms mm-hmm. can't get baby formula now. They can't get uh, uh, um, uh, Tylenol, children's Tylenol. Uh, you know, th- things to help their children through through colds and through uh, through fevers and so on and so forth. Um, the supply chain is completely and utterly destroyed and disrupted, and the cost of groceries, the cost of everything, inflation. Now, he tried to play the game that, you know, inflation has gone down for six months now, six straight months. Well, it's true. It has. What he won't say is that when he took office, it was 1.4%. I'm about to post the graph from the U.S. Uh, Labor Department, which tracks the inflation rates month by month. 1.4% in January of 2022. It steadily increased over, all, excuse me, January 2021. It steadily increased all of 2021 and half of 2022 till it reached 9.1 in June. 1.4 to 9.1. Now it's 6.5, and all he's focused on, and he said last night, is that we've gotten it down from its peak uh, of 9.1. He wouldn't even say the 9.1, but he says it's decreased for every month of the last six months. And as you know, Jack, a decrease in the rate of inflation that is still six points higher than it was when you started is not a decrease. It is simply slowing the rate of increase. And that's what matters the most to Americans. Look at my grocery cart. Look at the receipt. Look at how much I could put into it two years ago uh, um, and, and how much I would have to pay versus how much I can put into that cart now for what I have to pay. Same thing with gas. Two thirty nine a gallon national average on inauguration day twenty twenty one. Got it up to five oh five a gallon because of his policies. Now it's three fifty. And what does he tell us during the State of the Union? It's down a dollar fifty uh, a gallon. You know since uh, since its peak thanks to my policies. He wants you to think that he started when it was five oh five, and not when it was two thirty nine. He, he wants you to think that he started uh, when inflation was uh, was 9.1%, and he personally decreased it down to 6.5%. He doesn't – he's gaslighting us, except that he doesn't believe in gas. So he's electric lighting us, Jack, and that's what I think I hated the most about, you know, his – it's why I didn't want to watch it live. <laughs> Bob, that's a hard one to follow. I'll just simply say this. Statistics don't lie, but liars use statistics 
create their false narratives. And that's what Joe Biden does. I, like I mean, let's be realistic. When uh, at some point last summer, when we looked at the inflation index, this consumer price index, rather, uh, we saw that a 40 year high. So that's reality. Now, if it comes down from that, okay, but prices are still high. By the way, um, American energy costs are through the roof. Uh, manufacturers absorb that cost in, into their production, and Americans pay it at the gas gas pump. They they pay it in their monthly bills. And look, the bottom line is, uh, I believe about seventy two percent of Americans believe that they are worse off today financially than they yeah. were when Joe Biden took office. That that's reality. And 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 by the way, that was a mainstream media outlet that published that report. But, you know, that's kind of what we become uh, accustomed to, right? It's it's kind of this half-truthing or at least creating a slant. Um, you know, and he did that a couple of times last night. He he yelled in lieu of being fluid and not stumbling. I don't know if you, if you caught any of that, but he raised his voice several times. Now, I will say, two, two bright spots. Hey, Kevin McCarthy graciously received the speech and he didn't rip it up. So it started well. Um, and then at one point, Biden said, no one should be homeless in America, especially someone who served the country. I think we can all agree with that. But, uh, you know, let's see how he acts on it. But the border thing is a significant issue. There are 600,000 uh, illegal immigrants in this country that uh, don't have a court date, that have not been arrested or detained. And here's the scary part of that. That we stopped counting that number. There are thousands. There's a program that's supposed to track them. Um, we don't even know how many illegal aliens are in this country right now. Um, and so for him to pretend like he takes the border crisis seriously, particularly when fentanyl is coming across the border, uh, is just atrocious. It's dangerous. You know, we laugh about him being the drunk grandpa that doesn't cut his thumb off, but uh, it's really sad when you dive into the reality of what's going on in this country. So I, the State of the Union is not strong. You know, all of those are very, very valid points. And the one thing you didn't touch on that I, that he did a little bit, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders did too, um, and that's the culture war. Sarah, I, this, I don't know if I have this queued up right or not. Let's give this a shot real quick. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. I got lucky. It was the cue I, the cue I wanted there. Yes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders made a very, very astute point there. We are in a culture war that we didn't pick. We didn't uh, culture fight that we didn't pick. We didn't pick the fight. We don't want to fight it. We want to be left alone. We want to not be told what we have to call other people. We want to not be told that our little white children are automatically oppressors because their skin is light and our little black children are automatically victims because their skin is dark. We don't want CRT. We want real American history. We don't want this fantasy. Uh, you know, and, and this wokeness, this DEI crap that is dividing this country along Marxist lines, um, and 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 yet here we sit. So that that to me is a big big part of this last night. Sarah Huckabee Sanders told the truth. It's a culture war that the Democrats started, and we just are being forced to fight. Yeah, I think that's well said. In fact, I would even argue with that assertion. I don't think they're culture wars. I think they're family values, and I think that certain families have a right to hold those values and to perpetuate those values in how they instruct their kids and how they raise their kids. And you know what? The Supreme Court agrees with that. And that's why so many people are really frustrated with where we are as a country right now. 
we've published in the past four weeks startling videos from around the state of Ohio, Cincinnati, Columbus, uh, Dayton, Cleveland, Toledo, where uh, teachers and administrators were recorded saying, you know what, we're going to teach this stuff. We don't care. Well, what are they teaching? They're teaching exactly what you said, that um, there is a there's propaganda that uh, the, the trans movement, not only do you have to love and accept anybody who is transgender or struggles with um, gender dysphoria, which, by the way, I agree with. You love everybody. But there's a line that they're crossing when they try to turn kids into activists to make that not only okay to accept, but now they have to go and stand up and, and basically picket for these people. Um, and, and, and when I say these people, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm saying the, the, the transgender movement. Um, and that's an issue. Uh, so we really have to face that and, and we have to quit pretending like it's not going on in our schools. And we have to stop acting like it doesn't have an impact on the kids who have family values that are different than that. I mean, if you have a, a kid who it goes to school and has Christian values, maybe is conservative or, or God forbid is white, uh, how do you think that kid's going to feel after three or four years of onslaught uh, from the type of propaganda that's that's being pervaded in schools? I can tell you, they're going to feel guilty. They're going to feel splintered. That's they're right. going to struggle. But nobody wants to talk about that. No. Yeah, well, and the reality is that's their goal. That is their goal is to make them feel that way. And again, that's how we, uh, that's the only way we've said, it's been said many, many times. The only way to take down a great nation like the United States is not from without, it's from within. And, uh, uh forcing it to collapse in on itself through this kind of division is exactly what their goal is. Uh, Jack Windsor, terrific job as always. We didn't get a chance to talk about Joe Blystone because we're a little short on time today, but great stuff as always. I look forward to uh, our next talk and smack with Bob and Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Bob. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.